0: Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profiles and Projections. And as we wind down, our second to last episode, the running back. The 2018 second overall pick. Some people cringe when they hear that. Saquon Barkley, 5'11", 233 pounds, 24 years old. Well, we all know the story of Saquon. He tours the ACL week two versus Chicago. Missed the season. They're easing him back. But I do think he's going to be ready for week one, Justin. And here's what I'll say about Saquon before we dive into the numbers and all that fun stuff. He is a game-changing player. You can make all your arguments about running backs and where he was slotted, and they are 100% fair. But what isn't fair is to say that Saquon isn't on another level and doesn't add wins. Now, the Giants as a whole haven't won a lot of games, but to say Saquon doesn't add wins is not fair. And it's not true because I can pull into those games. Chicago rookie year. Washington is second year. Now, did they win as a whole? No. And if you disagree with the draft pick, I will not tell you you're wrong. In fact, I kind of disagree with the two. I do disagree with it. But Saquon is a game-changing player, and he didn't get 2,000 yards from scrimmage his rookie year and 1,500 his second year on only 13 games on accident when we haven't had any other running backs touch that.
1: Yeah, um, everybody knows Rice stand on the whole draft thing but that's not what we're here to talk about we're here to talk about Saquon Barkley in terms of terms of his career so far kind of and how good of a player he is and then also what he can do for this football team heading into 2021 Um, Bobby you know we talk about explosive plays all the time and let's start it with this overall in 2019 the Giants rushing offense was the seventh most explosive rushing offense in the National Football League and that's without Daniel Jones even including his legs there too, I feel I feel like Pat Shermer never really like fully unlocked that, um, and it was Jason Garrett who kind of unlocked it a little bit more towards the second half, middle part of last year, and overall in twenty twenty. Even with Daniel Jones's expo- kind of explosive legs, but that was the most explosive part of our offense—the run game in 2020. It was the 17th most explosive rushing offense in the National Football League of runs of 10 plus yards. So that's and a whole. And think of
0: those bit, like, on a 20, per, like maybe not 10 percent, but the 20 plus yards. Think of the 20 plus yards. You had a couple winged ones versus Seattle, maybe an Alfred Morris one versus Washington. The rest were Daniel Jones-like yeah. big runs.
1: You know, I I did a spreadsheet throughout this entire year, and it was, I think for the first eight weeks of the season, every single rushing play that was 20-plus yards was Daniel Jones excluding one. I think there was one Wayne Gallman 20-plus run against the Los Angeles Rams. So he brings that explosivity to this offense, and that is what this offense is just dying for and it's thirsting for it is explosive plays it's dying it was dying and thirsting for it throughout this entire preseason if you want even just a refresher of you know how difficult it is to just sustain 10 11 12 play drives in the nfl because somebody is bound to mess up somebody is bound to get a holding call drop a pass uh etc cetera, etc cetera. so take a sack you know the shine's offensive line isn't that good and i think the stat that kind of describes how bad this offensive line was to start this year the 2020 season that is Saquon Barkley averaged minus 0.1 yards before contact on each of his, or on average of his 19 carries in the 2020 season. That is terrible. So you're not even allowing this guy a slither of a second, a millisecond to succeed as a running back. I know the running back position is reliant on how good of an offensive line you, lineman you have, but that is just not even giving this guy a chance. So Combine the fact that he's going to bring that explosive element, combine the fact that this Giants rushing offense should be better, and also combine the fact that they should get him more involved in receiving game. Hopefully we see a Saquon Barkley that is explosive, ready to rock and roll this year and can be really productive for this Giants offense.
0: And you make a good point. I want to talk about his rushing stats. In 2019, he had 217 carries for 1,003 yards, six touchdowns. That's on 13 games on a bum ankle. He had over 1,000 yards. And then, you know, he had, he averaged, you know, he added 438 receiving yards in that game, six touchdowns, two receiving, like eight, eight touchdowns. Like the Giants running back is going to touch that in 2020. And we think they have a better run blocking offensive line, but that's what I want to get to. His rookie year, he had 2,000 yards from scrimmage, 13, you know, 1,300 yards on the ground, five yards per carry, and with a bad offensive line, like bad offensive line play. And that reason might brings me to my point about how, you know, that's why you know a lot of people don't believe in taking running back too. Like They are very reliant on the r- offensive line. But with Saquon, a critique has been like, oh, he needs to hit the hole better. He needs to hit the hole better. But here's what I don't want. I don't want Saquon turning into Wayne Gallman, where it's like, I'm just going to get my three, four yards every time. The offensive line, r- the run blocking from this offensive line should be the best that he's had of his career. It, ju- it should be. Matt Parrott should be an upgrade. Will Hernandez, Nick Gates, Shane Lemieux, Andrew Thompson. It should be. Uh, and upgrade run blocking wise I don't know about pass blocking wise but run blocking wise it should be that makes it easier for him to hit the hole but and so I want him to have those type of runs but I also never want to take away what makes Saquon Saquon and that is 60 70 yard runs now do you go into a run play and be like okay this is going to be a 60 70 yard run or a big play run no it happens naturally like you know a passing game like four verts it's like okay this is a play designed to get downfield, or a max protect two-man Yankee route or something like those are plays passing plays where it's like we're gonna attack this play and get a a a big play out of it so you can't do that with the running back where it's like okay let's we expect a big play out of this but I never want to take away him wanting to bounce a play can he does should he get better at hitting the hole and picking and choosing absolutely that gets better with time but I never want this idea of like, oh, he just needs to get three or four yards every carry. Screw that. That's not how he's going to add what he is. I know people have their opinions on the pick and him, but that is not who Saquon is. I never want him to be the guy who takes, uh, you know, where we go, man, that play could have been a big play, but he didn't bounce it or whatever.
1: And a metric I really like to look at is rushing yards over expected. That's a next gen stats, player tracking data. And it's based off of how many guys are in the box, what formation, what personnel you're in, down distance, how you know how fast you get the ball, et cetera, et cetera, how much time you spend behind the line of scrimmage. So they're able to track based off of the player tracking data what a running back is expected to get on a certain running play. And then if a running back is able to get a 40-yard gain when he was only expected to get two yards because of how many guys were in the box and where everybody kind of started when the play, you know, when the the ball was snapped, then that's like a plus 38. That's a plus 38 for that certain play. So that's how that metric works. And even when I was critical of Saquon in 2019 of not taking what was directly in front of him, he was still one of the top 10 running backs in the National Football League in rushing yards over expected. And that's a... You know, that's not necessarily a metric that says these are the running backs that are best in the National Football League, but that is still a metric that you want to be around the vicinity of being one of the best in the league cuz it says that you're efficient. It says that you are providing individual effort that is above what your offensive linemen are giving you. And that's what we're expecting Saquon Barkley to be. We are expecting Saquon Barkley to sometimes make something out of nothing. Even when the offensive line is absolutely terrible and even when there's nothing there, we are expecting him to break a run. We are expecting him to get yards after contact and he has the pedigree of doing that and he did it even 2019 even on a bum ankle and even where you kind of watched him and For the majority of the year, at least the middle part and where he was injured, take away the first few weeks and the last few weeks of the season, you watched him and you weren't that impressed. But he was still one of the league's best running backs.
0: Let's talk about him as a receiver real quickly. Now, this doesn't need to be some long conversation. You know, he's had um, in two years, he's had 143 catches and almost 1,200 yards. I'm not counting last year. But even in last year, he had the best receiving game from a running back. And I will, this will be the last time I repeat that fact. I just feel like I've said it 20 times this offseason. So we're, we're coming up on new games, and I won't be repeating that fact anymore. But he did have the best receiving game as a running back. And he only played one game, essentially. That being said, you should still use him creatively. Like, not just, you know, check down, swing downs. And Pat Schumer did it a little bit, but maybe not enough. Part of that was Daniel Jones not being someone who really got back down to the running back for his check downs a ton. Um. But with that, use him in his strength. Like, put him on angle routes in the middle. Put him on wheel routes. And you know what? He would have had, like, a 60-yard wheel route touchdown versus the Bears if he didn't drop it. But, like, those type of plays are... Like, use him differently. Um, And, you know, I'm going to talk about it in this... When we talk about blocking in a second. Put him out wide, too. Like, why not, like... Why would you not, like, hey, one-on-one play, we swap Kadarius Toney and Saquon Barkley. We put Kadarius Tony in the backfield and Saquon Barkley in the slot. Like, why not do that type of stuff to give him space and be able to make a play without having to face a seven, eight-man box?
1: Yeah, I kind of hate how it's very predictable once a running back goes out as a receiver in this Jason Garrett offense. It's even when Deion Lewis was on the team, and Deion Lewis legit had reps when he was with other teams as a wide receiver. So don't give me the whole personnel argument. It would be so predictable that when a running back would line up as a receiver before the formation, uh, Daniel Jones would, like, you know, call him in. And I don't even count that as pre snap motion if you know that it's coming. So. The whole thing about um, Saquon Barkley as receiver, uh, I like to look at average depth of target, especially for some running backs. It doesn't really differentiate between a lot of running backs because, let's face it, the majority of running back catches are going to be like checkdown options, and that's not a bad thing because you want those guys to get the yards after the catch and the missed tackles, et cetera, et cetera. So Saquon Barkley's average depth of target as receiver in 2018 it was .1, 0.1 of a yard. That's about, I would say, kind of kind of normal, right? You know, that's Eli being Mister Checkdown too. 2019 it went up to .8, so. Again, you're starting to use them a little bit more creatively. You all remember you know, the plays that happened in Detroit. We all remember the plays that happened in that away Washington game. Alva Kamara, who I think is the best running back in the NFL, at least in my opinion, at least as a receiver, and being used in versatile multiple ways, his average depth of target in 2018 when he had a bananas year was 1.8 yards. So wow. to put it in retrospect, you're never going to see Saquon Barkley average, you know, five, you know, his average depth of target being five yards. That's never going to be the case. But Alvin Kamara getting 1.8 in 2018, that was insane. So I'm hoping that Saquon Barkley's average depth of target is around one yard this year. You know, mix in the dump offs, mix off, because that's even what Daniel Jones needs to get better too. We saw it in the preseason game um, on a play where he took a sack. He should have dumped it off to a running back. So Daniel Jones should get better at checking it down to the running back, you know, make – let your guys try to make a play for you even when nothing's there and then also mix in those angle route the texas routes and the stuff that you see and you can't beat in madden and like we saw in new england during those joint practices too
0: yes yeah, so i want to talk about his blocking but first justin today's ppp is sponsored by our friends at Manscaped, the leaders Ooh. in below the waist grooming it's back to school time we want to make sure you pack the essentials to have the best year yet the manscape fourth generation performance package is just that things are opening up be ready for whatever in the daily schedule for you it's the perfect package for your package and includes the brand new lawnmower 4.0 i use it all the time it's, it's real deal fellas go for the valedictorian of ball trimming and join the two million men worldwide who trust manscape by going to manscape.com with the code giants by the way uh, in florida kids are back to school mm. uh, the, this fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. It also allows you to shave your pencil down and customize you don't want to shave your pencil down mm. uh, but but customize your trim like shave the pe- you know the trimmings around it. it. Has a 7000 rpm motor, a 4000k LED light, it's waterproof, you can use in the shower. I mean it's real deal. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code giants at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code GIANTS at manscaped.com. This year, graduate with a degree in clean balls from Manscaped. Alright. Here's what I want to say about his blocking. It's not good. Here's here's an idea. How about we just don't use Saquon as a blocker a lot? You know? Like, why not on third and eight? Line him up at wide receiver. Because he's more of a threat than most of the guys they're going to put out there. Like, what... What are you more afraid of on third and eight? Saquon lining up in the backfield and being used as a check down, you know, or blocking versus blitz, or you line him out wide, you either go five wide, or you put Elijah Penny in the backfield, and, and it's like, why, why use him a ton as a blocker? If it's not, like, he's never going to be a great blocker, why
1: use him that way? I feel like the last time that we did that was Houston, his rookie year. And didn't we win that game? Like that that was a big play and we won that game. So I feel like the last time we did that was Houston, his rookie year, where you're right. You know, I don't really think you're going to put a cornerback on Saquon, but the challenge becomes, you know, all right, if he flanks out as wide receiver, you're going to put a safety, you're going to put a linebacker on him. You know, what what are you, what are you going to do? And how is that guy going to, going to keep up with them? So that's a great point. It's kind of self-explanatory. All right. Anything else on Saquon Barkley? Do you expect no. him to play week 1? Yes, I expect him to play week 1. He's not going to get the same workload that I think everybody wants him to necessarily. 10 carries. 10 carries. Do you think he'll get 10 carries? I think no. I don't think 10 carries. I think the Giants are going to be throwing the ball a lot.
0: Yeah. I I that's a I think they're really going to take it easy with him. I'm yeah, going to I'm going to say it's going to be at like 8 or 9. Yep you know maybe they'll use him as a receiver a little bit but we'll see you
1: know, you know even if the you know even if the Giants are at a point where we're winning the game and we're kind of running the clock out I think that's where Booker you know if they're going to feed somebody they're going to feed Devontae Booker um it's more important to have Saquon Barkley for week 18 right no week 19 right are there 19 weeks week 18 now? week 18 Week of whatever how many weeks are there are technically
0: in the week 23 we need him for the Super Bowl
1: there you go it's more important to have him in those weeks than it is week one so um be patient with Saquon Barkley um Stay efficient, get more efficient, but also keep that explosive play element part of you. Uh, I think that that is a fair expectation. Um, In a way, I hope the Giants actually throw the ball more in quarters one through three and on early downs, because I think that will help Saquon Barkley be more efficient. I think that will help him be more explosive, where if you're throwing the ball more, then guess what? Just target him more. Why not, right? I think if the Giants focus and prioritize throwing the ball a little bit more this year, it will make Saquon Barkley more efficient, even though... Maybe he's not getting the volume that he did in 2018, but it will help him be more efficient. Then overall, it helped help the team even more. All right, let's take a break.
0: Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. Welcome to Talking Giants Player Profiles and Projections. And today we have linebacker Reggie Raglin, 6'2", 252 pounds, 27 years old. Signed a one-year, $1.1 $1. Uh, $1 million deal with the New York Giants in Free Agency. He played last with the Detroit Lions. Drafted by the Chiefs. Played his first three seasons there. Justin, all three of our inside linebackers next to Blake Martinez, they bring something different to the table. What Raglan brings is a big dude who can take on blocks better than Tay Crowder and Carter Coughlin. He's like the most solid of the group. Where It's like Tay does a really good job shooting gaps and playing fast and has better range and coverage. Carter Coughlin has that pass rusher ability. Reggie Ragland is just like the most like if Blake Martinez were to go down, it'd be like okay, Reggie Ragland you are now running the show as that uh is that uh, number 1 linebacker.
1: Yeah, my big note is he's going to be the rock this year. You know, he has the most pro experience uh you know when you compare him to Tay Crowder and obviously Carter Coffman who's transitioning positions, has the most pro experience um you know coming from a Similar pseudo, still a Judge Belichick coaching tree with Matt Patricia in Detroit. So obviously, you know, Judge and Graham, they knew a little bit of something about him before he kind of came over when he signed here. Alabama and he's like, and
0: Nick Saban guy, too.
1: Alabama Nick Saban. How do you like that? So really comes full circle. Um, so the rock the rock of this kind of defense and the rock of this interior linebacker crew where when blake martinez is healthy he's going to be running the show but i'm not expecting like bad plays out of reggie raglan like i you know i'm expecting tay crowder to be fast and run around and maybe he makes some lapses in coverage every once in a while same thing with carter coughlin i want him to be aggressive we want both of those young guys to be aggressive and athletic as they are and then reggie raglan when he's in there I want him to be the rock of the defense. I don't want him to be, you know, provide those big, bad plays where we're scratching our heads kind of like Devontae Downs. So that's what I'm expecting out of him this year. Is that fair? Yeah,
0: yeah that's I, – I mean, that is a very fair assessment of Reggie Raglin. Like, Reggie – Re, is Reggie Raglin going to have a ton of tackles for a loss? No, I don't think so. But what I do think he'll do have more than Tay Crowder is tackles for one yard. You know, where, like, he knows how to play his gap, and what he is much better than the other two at is deconstructing – taking on blocks. And then shutting those blocks, like he is just—he is much better at that. He knows when, like, you know, to, how to diagnose a play, get forward, not overplay something, take on those blocks. And that's where, you know, remember the Ravens when we had David Mayo playing outside on the edge, and people were like, oh my god, David Mail's here, just like, well, no, it's—they're playing three inside linebackers, but they're putting him as that guy in the line to to show, give them different looks. Reggie Ragland would be great in that role, you know, because he has good hands. He's got size at at 252 pounds at six foot two and good hands to where he can take on. He could he could beat some blocks. He knows how to play his gap. He can spill a pulling linebacker. Like he he kind of knows how to take on all that type of stuff. Where Tay Crowder, I don't feel good about him going up one on one with a tackle or even a tight end if, you know on the line of scrimmage. Carter Coughlin's a different um star because he has that pass rush ability. But Raglan, he has like that like where he can rush the pass for a tiny bit. But also, you know, play the run really well. Like, he's, he really is the definition of just a solid overall linebacker where it's like he's not, he's not going to be great at anything, but he's not horrible at anything either.
1: Yeah. I'd be very surprised. And here, I'll even ask you this I would be very surprised to see Raglan in on a lot of third down plays, considering that Patrick Graham likes to run a lot of three safety looks, you know, four safety looks sometimes where you're taking all interior linebackers off the field. Um, or also you want Tay Crowder out there because maybe he's fast. Carter Coffin because you want him to be out there as a pass rusher. So I really do think Raglan's kind of role is a first and second down kind of player. Is that fair?
0: Yes. And which, it's funny because we always talk about like, oh, this guy's not a third down linebacker. And it's like, well, I don't know. I kind of think he kind of is. Reggie Raglan kind of fits that role though where he's not. like he. Not to say that like, oh, you have to take Reggie Raglan off the field on third down. But with the
1: person now the Giants have...
0: Like, he's, like I don't think he's going to play a ton on, on third and eight.
1: Yeah. And even this camp in this preseason, he's looked a lot more active. And I will say, he he looked pretty fast. Like, he's, he's impressed every opportunity he's kind of gotten out there on the field, especially with those joint practices. And to start camp and maybe even kind of looking at, you know, your film breakdown that you've did and some of the other clips that, you know, we see of Reggie Raglan just in the past – he didn't look that fast, and uh, you know maybe he's you know uh, slimmed down a little bit. I don't know, so I'm excited to see what Reggie he Ragland looks can thick, dude. He looks he looks thick. Well, oh, was that when no? Was that our talking point at the beginning when of you camp? You see him next thick? to Reggie
0: when next to Tay Crowder, even next to Blake Martinez. Like this dude is big and stout. Like, he almost he took moving. a D lineman sometimes,
1: but he was moving during this preseason and during camp, and I think that was a concern at least initially, maybe. That he would be a little slow, a little sluggish, but that certainly hasn't been the case. So we'll we'll see how the regular season plays out. But first down, second down, back a rock of this kind of interior linebacker uh, depth chart in this interior linebacker room, where even if uh, Blake Martinez goes down, we feel somewhat good that the interior linebacker room isn't just going to collapse without Blake because Reggie Ragland is there. He has that pro experience, like I said. So
0: yeah, and you know he's not great in covers, but or, or like have like a really good range, but. He, he can make plays in coverage because he understands football and he understands route concepts and, and things like that. And he'll play aggressive and take some chances to, you know, to make a, a play here and there, man, just looking at some numbers, like he only played 50% of the snaps for Detroit and they had him playing different roles where they were having one of the line skimmers. And then, you know, have him stack inside 52 tackles, four tackles for a loss, three QB hits, a sack, um, a forced fumble, one interception in, in Kansas City in 2018, but he played a bunch in like 2018 for Kansas City at 86 tackles. Um, yeah, he, he wasn't a uh, great in Kansas City, I guess, from those numbers. But yeah, like if let me put it this way the last like five years, it's like, okay, who would be like who would be like who's starting at linebacker? Where's your Whatever year, like last year, Devontae Downs was starting next to Blake Martinez week one, Yikes. he's 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 there. The year before, Tay Davis was starting uh, next to Alec Ogletree. Reggie Raglin' starting. The year before that, it was Ogletree and B.J. Goodson. Ragland's playing over B.J. Goodson. The year before that, I can't even remember. Um,
1: John Beeson, no. Yeah,
0: so re- re- like Reggie Ragland would have played a lot more on previous New York Giants teams. Jasper but now, Brinkley. There we go.
1: <laughs>
0: um <laughs> But this team, he's going to, you know, maybe not play a ton, but he's going to play a good amount. Like, I think all three of these guys should play in every single game. Like, every single game, all three of these guys should be playing. It shouldn't be like, oh, you're the starter, and you play 80% of the reps this game. Yep. All three of these guys should play in every single game.
1: What a time. What a time to be a Giant fan, where we actually feel good about our middle linebacker slash interior linebacker, not just number one guy, but the depth.
0: I love it. I really do. It might be my favorite position because it's so versatile. Yeah. Like you know me, I like, I like like like, oh, they can do this. Like inside linebacker might be my favorite position on the on the Giants. I mean, defense half of those guys right have changed
1: now. positions, which you love that. You're a sucker for that.
0: That is true. Like, you know, Tay Crowder, former running back, Carter Coughlin, former defensive end. Reggie Raglan, I don't know. He probably played a little like tight end or something in high school. By the way, that Blake Martinez interception that Cam Newton in was insane. Still thinking Cam about was, it? Yeah, oh, it was it was beautiful. All right, we have pre- anything else on
1: Reggie Ragland? Root for the guys in blue. I Do only you
0: root did... for Detroit Lions because they are guys in blue?
1: And <sighs> Reggie Ragland was a former Detroit Lion. We have a decent amount of Detroit Lions on this defense. At least we at least we have two. I know. Remember we have when two. I told
0: Giants fans when we were waiting on the Kenny Galladay news and I was like, former Detroit Lion Kenny Wiggins mm. is a New York Giant.
1: Mm. So we have four. There's two on the offense. Kenny we'll, Wiggins got two, cut. Kenny Wiggins is gone. Sorry, bud. Sorry, bud. So three. We have three.
0: Galladay Ragwin, Who's the other one?
1: Shelton. Danny Shelton.
0: Oh, yeah. Danny Shelton. All right. We appreciate you guys. One more PPP, Daniel Jones. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time. Until then, let's go big blue.